0: IMEU relies on supporters like you to keep raising awareness and making the impact needed to drive change towards justice for Palestinians. With your support, we can create more content and resources, such as this podcast. Please give any amount you can at imeu.org forward slash donate. You can also sign up to give monthly to help sustain our work year-round. Every dollar makes a difference. If you're unable to donate right now, You can still help by sharing our work with your friends and family and by rating and reviewing this is palestine on itunes thank you
1: welcome to this is palestine i am omar badar and i'm here once again with my friend and colleague diana butu with President Joe Biden having just left Palestine and Israel after a pretty cringeworthy visit. Almost every sentence that President Biden uttered during this visit would be a scandal if we had a more informed media scene in this country on the question of Palestine. But we don't, and so it falls to people like Diana to break down everything that's wrong with what we had just witnessed. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, Diana. let's start with your general take on Biden's visit to Palestine and Israel.
0: Well, uh, thanks, Omar. I think we can safely say that this was an all Israel visit. And the reason I say this is because he spent 48 hours in, uh, in Palestine, in historic Palestine. And of those 48 hours, he spent a total of 50 minutes with Mahmoud Abbas. And that, of course, includes translation. So we're really only talking about effectively a 30-minute meeting followed by a blah press conference in which many journalists who were traveling with with President Biden who were unable to attend because they had to leave to be able to go through Israeli security in order to be able to get on the plane and fly to Saudi Arabia. Now, it's not just a question of time, but it's also the things he said and the things that he didn't say. For example, when visiting when visiting Bethlehem, his office put out and said that the reason that he was visiting Bethlehem was because he wanted Christians around the world to understand that he, President Biden, understands the plight of of Palestinians. uh, He understands the plight. Sorry, he wanted Christians around the world to understand that he, being President Biden, understands the plight of Palestinian Christians, and specifically Christians in the region, as though somehow Christians are, Palestinian Christians are separate or distinct from other Palestinians. In other words, it wasn't about visiting Palestine, about hearing about what's going on with Palestinians, but it was simply in order to tick off a box that he had somehow done something for the Christian community and tying that into the larger region. Those are some of the things that he said. Now, of course, the things that he didn't say was he didn't press Israel when it came to anything. He mispronounced Shirin Abu Akhli's name. He didn't press for for accountability. He didn't meet with with the family of Shirin Abu Akhli or the family of Omar Sa'ad, who was also murdered in 2022. He didn't at all talk about Israeli settlement expansion and the unprecedented rate that it's going at. He didn't at all talk about the fact that during his his period in office, we've now seen the highest rate of Israeli demolition of Palestinian homes. In short, this was really an all Israel visit. It was just to try to shore up support of, and to express to Israel how much he
1: adores Israel.
0: And it was all all carrots um, for Israel, and Palestinians were left with crumbs.
1: You know, it's interesting to think of this in the context of what candidate Biden ran on, restoring America's moral standing in the world and standing up to tyrants. And really, even as president, he's endlessly talked about the centrality of human rights in American foreign policy. And not only have these words proven hollow, It's actually quite remarkable that there isn't even an effort to be performative here. You know, Biden could have easily said something about Israel's human rights abuses while continuing to do nothing about them, but he could not even do that. And then, of course, there had to be a comment about his commitment to the two-state solution because no American politician can visit without having to repeat that dead mantra. But at least there was some recognition of how absurd the slogan has become in light of how clear it is that Israel has killed the two-state solution many years ago and is openly hostile to any suggestion of it, so much so that Biden had to add the disclaimer that he doesn't expect to see it anytime soon. And of course, the reason why we can't expect any political movement of any kind anytime soon is precisely because the US refuses to hold Israel accountable or to apply any meaningful pressure to get them to change their atrocious behavior, but which Biden seems to want to blame on the weather or something, instead of taking responsibility for his own actions in continuing down this harmful and pointless path.
0: That's exactly the point, Ahmad. You've exactly hit it on the head. You'll recall you and I did an earlier podcast, we had an earlier chat when Trump was leaving office. And you mentioned that there were some real promises that Biden made to the world and specifically to Palestinians. We were told that there was going to be a reversal of Trump's policies. And you'll recall during our conversation then that we both mentioned that we didn't expect to see it And the reason that we didn't expect to see it is because these changes that Trump put into place have become so entrenched in US policy because of the fact that nobody wants to do anything on Israel. Doing something, undoing Trump's efforts, undoing Trump's damage would mean actually doing things. And that's not something that Biden was interested in. So just going down the list and seeing what what has happened, we saw that Trump illegally moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And instead of undoing that, Biden has accepted it. We've now seen that many senators in the U.S. accepted it. Instead of undoing the, the closure of the, the U.S. consulate in, in East Jerusalem. There's still talk of it, but it's still not open. Um, instead of undoing the policy regarding the Golan Heights, again, hasn't been undone. Instead of undoing the Trump plan and accepting these, these uh, Israeli settlements, hasn't been undone. And instead of undoing normalization, He's gone all in and is actually pushing to normalize. This is why it was so important for him to fly from the airport in Lid to Jeddah in order to demonstrate that he's the person who is pushing normalization even further. So when you look at the sum total of what Biden has done, the only things that he has changed is he's resumed those elements that were not controversial to begin with, such as funding to UNRWA and resuming um, support for Palestinian hospitals in East Jerusalem. Now, I don't want to downplay this because these, these, these amounts of money shouldn't have been stopped to begin with, and people do need this. But that's not what Palestine is about. This isn't a humanitarian issue issue with political ramifications. It's a political issue with very deep humanitarian ramifications. And just focusing on the humanitarian is not going to get us any closer to liberation. That's exactly what Biden wants. He wants to be just like every other president and kick this issue like it can, kick it down to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, because the status quo favors Israel.
1: Exactly. And as many Palestinians keep saying, we're not victims of a natural disaster in need of charity, we are victims of oppression in need of freedom. And the policy of kicking the can down the road that you referenced, Diana, really amounts to political cowardice and a refusal to take responsibility or to rise to the occasion and to do what's needed to fight against glaring injustice. But I also want to ask you about the Jerusalem Declaration signed between Biden and Lapid which essentially sounds like an entrenchment of everything wrong with U.S. policy on Israel. You know, a commitment to military funding, maintaining Israel's military superiority to make sure that its aggression and violence can never be challenged, opposing BDFs, uh, inviting Israel to join the U.S. visa waiver program, which we've talked about on a previous podcast. And there is the glaring hypocrisy of committing to oppose Iran's nuclear program without a word about Israel's own stash of undeclared nuclear weapons but what's most distasteful is that all of this is described in the declaration as a moral commitment to israel which really turns the entire concept of morality on its head so in that sense it seems like the jerusalem declaration is a distasteful symbolic statement but it doesn't seem to include anything particularly new to me and i don't know if that's how you see it as well
0: oh no i think that there is some stuff that in there that is new um, when I read the text of it, it very much sounds like a document that has been written by the Israelis. And The reason that I, I say this is because um, it's the Israelis who are always pointing out the, the issue of the ICC and, and in that declaration, you'll recall that they are saying that they're going to work to make sure that the, that Israel doesn't get, as they put it, unfairly singled out. Um, including at the UN or at the ICC and they go so far as to even push to reject the BDS campaign. And so this is very much a document that is that sounds like something that the Israelis have written. In the past, we have seen that the US has been, has been opposed to the BDS campaign, but to actually come out and to Um, to say that this is something that they firmly reject. When what we're really talking about is that people have the ability and they should have the right to be able to express their their discontent and their dissent with what uh, countries around the world are doing. So to enshrine this as to somehow say that the US is opposed to this, and that they're going to use the tools at their disposal to fight this is actually a little bit different than than some other statements that we've seen in the past. And the part that I think is the the most uh, laughable in in all of this is that they talk about their joint uh, their their joint traditions. And the reason that that is a, is is kind of laughable is that. I like that finally the US is acknowledging that they too have a problem. And that if they believe that somehow their traditions, that their, um, that their values are based on ethnic cleansing, uh, based on land theft and based on home demolitions, then it means that the United States has come a far way in acknowledging what it's done in its history Obviously, this is tongue-in-cheek because they don't acknowledge this. But this is what we are talking about when they, when they mention the idea of shared values. We're talking about shared values of ethnically cleansing people, Palestinians. We're talking about shared values of, of land theft. We're talking about shared values of home demolitions. This is really what the United States wants to stand by as being shared values. It's a little bit shocking to me
1: it really is but i also think of the contrast with president obama who clearly knew exactly what was happening in palestine and understood the injustice of occupation but who didn't have the conviction or the moral courage to do the right thing and i wonder whether biden also gets it but his policy is a matter of political calculus as well or whether we can take his statements at the press conference the other day at face value when he talks about how he's a committed zionist as part of his upbringing and all
0: Oh, you know, he said something very interesting there. He said, I come from a, a, I'm paraphrasing, I I come from an Irish background and there are a lot of similarities. I, uh, my background and the background of my family is Irish-American. And, uh, we, uh, have a, uh, a long history of, uh, Not fundamentally unlike the Palestinian people with uh, Great Britain and their attitude toward Irish Catholics over the years for 400 years. He clearly knows. He clearly knows what's going on. He's made a political calculation to do nothing because that is what's going to keep his... Uh, political career going along. You know, in the words of um, you know, somebody who I think is, is incredibly bro- brilliant, Stephen Salaita, who, who once said that these are lines that are not just rehearsed, but they stand in front of the mirror and they rehearse these lines. These are not lines that they actually know to be true, they're rehearsed lines. And that's exactly what this is. I think that he obviously knows better, but he's made a political calculation throughout his career to make sure to to crush uh, and to step on Palestinians in order to be able to get Israel's praise, to win Israel's support, to show Israel that he's just as much of a Zionist as President Trump is, because we don't know who's going to be running in the the upcoming elections. And that's the part that is the most disheartening, is that you see that they actually know different, but instead hide behind uh, things like words like tikkun olam, which means healing the world, um, as though Israel has somehow healed the world rather than actually destroyed an entire nation.
1: That's really well put, Diana. And let me ask you real quick about Saudi Arabia, which is where Biden is right now as we're recording this, though this visit might be done by the time our audience is listening to the podcast. And there's clearly a massive push by Biden to normalize relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. While it doesn't look like a huge announcement is coming on that front, there have been some new steps here. And I'm curious if you see something different here from previous normalization efforts.
0: Yes, there's a few things. So, look, let's talk about normalization for a second. People often say it, you, there's that Israel is normalizing with the Arab world, or the Arab world is normalizing with Israel. That, that's not what's happening at all. Um, I can I can tell you, somebody who lives in Palestine, there have been these normalization efforts uh, going on for formally for almost two years now, and in. All of that time, I have yet to see somebody from the United Arab Emirates come to Palestine. I've yet to see anybody from Bahrain. I've yet to see um, people from, from the other countries that have, have normalized. So much so, Omar, that we, st- we still don't see Egyptians in Palestine. We still don't see Jordanians in palestine. So even though these method, these measures are uh, going ahead they have normalized relations with these with these leaders with these dictators but not with the people. The people of the Arab world are firmly behind us because they're part of us and we're part of them. And we actually saw the the strength and the support that Palestine has When Shereen Abu Akleh was murdered on May the 11th, we saw this outpouring of love, of support. We saw the works of art. We saw uh, the songs that came out. We saw all sorts of things. That's what the Arab world is about. It's not about whether uh, there's a a security agreement that's signed between Bahrain and and Israel to oppress oppress Bahrainis or to oppress Palestinians. That's not what it's about. The, 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 that's what these normalization agreements are about. They're not, they're not about actual peace between people. And, uh, and so on this, the thing that is new um, was the talking point. So there is now an announcement that there are going to be direct flights between Saudi Arabia and between uh, Israel. So you can fly from lid Airport, to different destinations in Saudi Arabia. And of course, the Israelis were pushing it as somehow they wanted to make it easier for, for Palestinians who are uh, performing Hajj or going out Umrah um, to be able to travel instead of going through Jordan and then over, that they would have a direct flight. But if they were so kind and of being so generous, they could, they could simply remove the the hundreds of restrictions that they've placed on Palestinians in the West Bank and in the Gaza Strip and allow them to go pray in the holy sites in Jerusalem, in Nazareth, and elsewhere. So, you know, we w- it, you have to view their uh, their level of quote compassion, unquote, with in, in a tongue-in-cheek fac- fashion. They're not doing this for us. They don't care about us. If they did, they would allow people to go pray freely in Jerusalem, in Nazareth, in Bethlehem, and so on. It's simply done as yet another step to say to the world, look, we are a normal state. Even the Arab states have normalized with us. Uh, But Israel knows that it's not a normal state. And the world knows that Israel's not a normal state, which is why you see all of this hysteria over BDS and the and the equal hysteria slash euphoria over these um, silly security pacts that they call normalization.
1: And the so-called normalization is packaged as a peace effort with the support of the Biden administration for transparently opportunistic political ends. But of course, if we're interested in a real meaningful peace, that can only come through justice and justice requires that Palestinians be free that they have their full human rights as equal human beings to everyone else in the world. And that requires a change in American policy. Diana, anything else for our listeners?
0: The one final thing I wanted to say is that for a president who claims that he's had all of these years in office and all of these years of foreign policy experience, to see that the only thing that he's got going for him is to follow in the path and the follow in the footsteps of Trump, just shows just how poor he is in terms of his thinking and how he's not at all caring about freedom for Palestinians at all.
1: And while we might not succeed in changing this administration's policy, we will certainly work tirelessly until it becomes impossible for U.S. leaders to continue down the same path of supporting apartheid. Thank you, Diana, and until next time.